Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is brought to you by Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix, T-Mobile, home of America's largest 5G network, by College Bar and Grill at 740 South Mill Avenue in Tempe, the ASU fans home away from home, Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas, voted best of Las Vegas two years in a row. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning tequila since 2011. Whole beers and cheeseburgers. 12 Valley locations serving the finest in craft beers and handcrafted burgers. Behind the Mask, serving the Valley hockey community since 1994. OxyPow, our chemical-free line of cleaning products, gets the funk out of your equipment or office. M-Drive, for energy, stamina, recovery. Ice Den Scottsdale, practice home of the Arizona Coyotes, also in Chandler. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right, welcome in hockey fans, wherever you may be listening to us live on the Podbean app. This is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by Maryville University and the Maryville Hockey Saints. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona tonight. Stephen Marsh, as always, from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, how are you tonight? Well, we're doing okay. Uh, people are a little bit nervous in Nevada, as, 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 as in other places where COVID is picked up obviously rapidly and we're concerned that maybe things are going to get restricted here some more again in the near future by the governor who's overcoming COVID himself now, but uh, we're just trying to do what we can to, to stay safe and, and uh, watching the ever fluidity of sports right now through COVID as teams or games are getting canceled and postponed and uh, yeah, but we're, we're doing all right. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up because that's a great place to start tonight. Um, as you know, we do club hockey, but we also do uh, the uh, NCAA hockey. And uh, things are so rapidly changing that you can't even plan from week to week. For example, the Arizona State Sun Devils traveled on the road to, uh, to play Michigan last week. Um, they were thinking they were going to play a Sunday game. They left on Friday got in about midnight to their hotel, I understand, Friday night, found out not only were they not playing on Sunday, but the game had been moved to Saturday. And not only that, but it had been moved to like 3 o'clock Saturday afternoon. So uh, not the way that you want to prepare for the first game of the season. And uh, if, if anybody followed along, the Sun Devils had a really rough weekend uh, against a very, very good and possible national champion um, University of Michigan. So, and we yeah, should and we should mention and we should mention uh, Brendan Brisson, the Golden Knights draft pick from uh, this year, the first round pick, got an assist in that first game against the Sun Devils. So, yeah, actually, he was playing on the first line, which was uh, pretty impressive yeah. for for a young draft pick. But uh, he will be very exciting to watch in a Golden Knights uniform in the very near future. But right now, he's uh, with the Michigan Wolverines and. And that's NCAA. As I said, we talked uh, ACHA uh, last week. We took a little break and we went and, and got deep into the uh, the mental side of things because this COVID has had a rough go on everybody, Stephen. And it's not just hockey players. It's, it's everybody. It's business owners. It's 
teachers, it's first responders, it's medical professionals. Uh, you just mentioned about uh, Governor Sislik, and we wish him the very best in his battle with uh, with COVID. It's just, uh, you just, nobody's immune from it, right? I mean, you look at it and, and you can't figure out uh, where it's going or who it's going to affect next, or, or and, and you're trying to do a schedule. So uh, when we talk ACHA hockey, we've, we've pretty much made it uh, known to everybody that the uh, Western Collegiate Hockey League, in which uh, we cover, um, won't be starting play until January 1st, and I'm knocking on wood as we speak. Uh, fingers crossed, everything of that. But other teams have been playing, and, and that's why I want to start tonight. Is I want to go down a few a few teams that have been playing in just a minute. But just your thoughts on the way things have gone so far. Yeah, and you know, it's I guess I guess we're kind of seeing why maybe waiting until January was was kind of a smart thing because here now uh, we're seeing that COVID has picked up a little bit, and we're seeing. A lot of cancellations and postponements really starting to pick up in, in college football. And I keep going back to it because that's kind of like the marquee college sport right now. You know, hockey's just starting up too. Basketball will be starting up soon, and that's going to be interesting. But but with, with college football, you know, that's kind of the marquee sport. And, and there was such a push to get that going. And, and some conferences were hesitant at first to start up, and then others were, were, were going to play, and, and they started playing. And then other conferences came up with plans and say, okay, well, we can start up. We can, we're going to test, you know, we're going to have all these things. And it's been going forward, but we're seeing a lot of postponements now, which I guess was to be expected, and, and, and they planned for that. So um, waiting until January, where hopefully things are in a better position, uh, will be beneficial, I think, for something like the ACHA. Maybe doesn't have quite the resources these club teams that the NCA programs have access to, which I think is, is the important thing here, too, is – um, they don't get a lot of the same access and, and funding and, 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 and abilities that they do, that the NCAA programs do. Um, so trying to navigate through a pandemic like the NCAA programs are trying to do right now with the football and soon the basketball and everything, it's a little bit of more of a challenge. Now, there's some teams, as you mentioned, are playing right now. And as of right now, they're, they're still going forward. Although those places where COVID really wasn't an issue has now really become an issue. So it's, it's now it's going to be an interesting really to see how the Minots and, and Jamestowns have to navigate. It seems like they're only playing really each other right now. So maybe that's how they could get away with it, not travel as much and play each other like seven, eight times on early going, but uh, we'll see. I mean, it's, you know, it's how they have, they haven't seemed like they haven't had any disruptions yet that I know of in their seasons. Uh, but who knows as we, this, 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 the, the uh, wave, the second wave is really, has really catching some uh, some dis- some uh, some length. Okay, so so let me tell you this, and you tell me if you uh, see a common theme here. Um, as I look uh, at the schedule, it began on October 9th, Friday, October 9th. The University of Mary in North Dakota uh, took on the University of Jamestown. It came a four-four tie. Um, then um, on the tenth, we had uh, Iowa State take on University of Jamestown, a 3-2 victory for Iowa State. Um, then on the 11th, we had uh, Iowa State taking on University of Jamestown, 3-2 Iowa State. Um, then we saw, um, hold on a second, uh, on October 23rd, University of Jamestown, Minot State tied to a 1-1 tie or played to a 1-1 tie. 
Uh, then the 24th, Minot State, University of Jamestown, 4-2 to two in favor of Minot State. Um, so you look at these teams, and Jamestown, when I look at who's played games so far, Jamestown has got nearly a dozen games played, and Minot State's got uh, probably six games in. Adrian College has just started playing. Liberty University just started playing. Um, so here you go, right? I mean, the, the quote-unquote powerhouse teams uh, somehow decided to, to get things rolling while everybody else sits back and wait. And you and I talked about this the other night, We said, uh, or the last show. We said, is it really fair that uh, these teams are playing um, and everybody else is waiting? And, and will that have a positive or negative effect in January? So your thoughts on that? Well, it's it really is an interesting interesting dynamic. I mean, yeah, I mean they are playing a lot of games right now, and maybe they plan those with the thinking that they weren't going to be able to play some of those. I don't know, but they've they've obviously been able to play a lot of a lot of games. Uh, so you wonder as you get into January and February, will they play not a lot of games? And these other teams that didn't get to play will get to play the games, maybe even out. Or, you know, it's uh, – I doubt that will be the case because they want to keep playing and try to keep sharp. But, yeah, it's just, it's it's a real uh, – it's real interesting. I mean, you, you see it, and that's why it's going to be real interesting to see how they determine how people get in. I mean, obviously it's based on, on rankings most of the time, and it probably will be that to some extent. But but how can you judge fair – how can it – if you're going to base it on a computer, how are you going to base somebody that's played like – 10 games and somebody's only played like three games and you know, how can you counter counter counterbalance that to where it's, it can be somewhat, uh, somewhat fair. I'm sure that's something that the ACHA is, is still trying to finalize is they trying to finalize, you know, how the exactly the tournament format is going to work. You know, we know that it's going to be different locations kind of regionally based based on the different conferences or the div- different division levels, one, two, three and lower. And, we know it's probably still going to be 20 teams like it has been in the past, but just like I said, the 20 teams in Division One will be in one location. The teams, you know, the Division Two, how they do their format, will be in one location and so forth. So it it's going to be – I'm glad I'm just not the ones making those decisions because uh, <laughs> – <Exactly>. <laughs> we, we sometimes can we – can, we can gripe and we can, we can argue, you know, we know – you know, there's always discussions about how the rankings are done and everything and whether we think it's fair or not fair. But in the end of the day, we're not the ones making those decisions. So we, we, we And there's those that are in those teams and, and the commissioners and everything, like Chris Perry, who we've had on before. I, I don't envy him because he, he's, he's part of those discussions, I'm sure. And it's, it's, a, tough, it's a tough thing. I mean, it's, it's just – it's really – as you said, COVID is really tough for a lot of things. And, and, and these coaches and these, these commissioners and these – athletic directors and commissioner, you know, heads of, you know, leagues and all that, the different sports and NCAA, you know, club hockey, whatever, ACHA. It's, it's something that they, when they signed up for those positions, you, you sign up for the potential to have to do a lot of things, but having to deal with this, it's such a unique thing is, is a new thing. So everybody's kind of had to learn through all this. And it's just part of the learning, learning thing. We, we've learned about COVID. We've learned how to navigate through COVID. We'll try to learn how to get through sports in COVID and, and I think that's just part of part of the 2020 year, and uh, I'm just I'm just intrigued to see how it's going to play out, and, and however it plays out, if 
if, if, if it gives UNLV, the other team, you know, ASU, University of Arizona, the other teams that haven't been playing, if they, if they as long as they can feel like they can get a fair shot, then, then, then so be it. And let's go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, I'm looking at the uh, ACHA homepage or, or their divisional page of, of games scheduled and results, and there's games scheduled all the way to March 5th. But the unique thing about that, Stephen, is uh, I think you can name them almost on one hand, the teams that are playing. Let's try it. Waldorf University, Midland University, University of Jamestown, Minot State, uh, Iowa State, Adrian, um, Liberty. I guess we're a little bit more than, than a handful. But, but those are the teams that have games, and they have, have scheduled dates uh, in December, in January, in February, all the way to March. There's, but the one thing that's significantly missing, well, a couple of things, uh, the rest of the ACHA doesn't even have games scheduled on this board. So our schools, and I call them in our area, uh, we talk about the Colorado schools, UNLV, Grand Canyon, ASU, U of A, um, Utah. Uh, we don't even have games on the ACHA schedule yet, <laughs> which is, uh, to me, a little nerve-wracking. Um, I'm sure it's because they, they just don't know uh, and want to publicize things that, that they're unsure of. But goodness gracious, I mean, uh, right now, you might as well hand the crown to either Adrian, Liberty, uh, Minot State, Jamestown, or University of Mary. I guess University of Mary is a D2 program, but um, uh, University of Jamestown, Minot State, um, you know, or Adrian or Liberty, because they're the ones getting all the action. Yeah, and I want to make a point about the schedule thing because that's that's a real interesting issue because you usually, you know, usually you have a, a schedule come out months in advance and then, you know, then it gives your teams a chance to prepare and to, you know, get ready to market to their, their teams and try to, you know, get people to buy tickets and, and, and know when the games are going to be. But as we know, as we've, as we've seen, things can, can change so often. As we saw, UNLV was ambitious and they released a schedule thinking they were going to be able to play a full season when it was looking like maybe they – might be able to start on time, and then that didn't happen, and they had to take it off their website, and and and, and now they have a new one. I suppose I think is maybe they were targeting maybe to release it in December, uh, when I if I can remember correctly. Uh, the other teams though, we never we never saw a, a schedule. Even I'm sure they had one scheduled out for the season, and they didn't because there was a lot of uncertainty about what's happening. Even now, there's still uncertainty. We don't know. We we said to Chris, you know, Chris Perry said that they have the schedules, but teams are still kind of reluctant to to kind of put them out there because we don't know what it's going to look like. The big thing I I still still see is when you get to January is what is the uh, limitations of having uh, spectators, having fans in buildings. I think that was a lot of the big part of the reason why, especially at the ACHA level, there was a lot of hesitation to start in the fall because there were still a lot of places where the band attendance is not allowed. UNLV football, I'll go back to UNLV football for a minute. They had a, they got approval and they had a plan to have 2000 fans. And they did that for their first two home games. Now, as this COVID has really increased here in the state of Nevada and it's after discussion with health officials and everything here for the remainder two games, there's going to be no fans. Start of the college basketball season, UNLV running rebels are going to start playing their games at the Thomas and Mac when they have a few home games 
begin, beginning of November or December, whenever it is, they're going to start with nobody in the stands. So UNLV hockey, I would imagine, would have had been kind of a similar position where they would have had very limited or nobody in the stands. Now, granted, you would have been able to play still, which might have been good, but but now, you know, there's just so much uncertainty. So we have to kind of see. January is the target, but we've seen, like, the American Hockey League. They had a certain date they were trying to target, and then they looked at it and said, well, let's got to push it back. I think they've, they've pushed back a couple of times. The NHL is still not sure. We don't have schedules for the NHL yet. We're, you know, they're still trying to work out how they're going to oh, start their season. Yeah. Well, so, don't, mean, even, don't even go down that NHL road because a whole new can of worms has opened up today. I don't know if you've uh, followed along much, but the, uh, the NHLPA is not happy with the NHL right now because they just got that uh, collective bargaining agreement done uh, before going to the bubble. And everybody was excited about that. They're going like, wow, how impressive was that? They got the deal done. Well, now, because of COVID, NHL wants to renege on part of it. And the players' union is having a whole bunch of problems with that. So um, uh, who's to say that the NHL is going to start on time? Yeah, we don't even know when that when on time would be. What does on what does on time mean, Scott? I mean, on right. time would have been we've already have games going on. On time for what? On time for well, what's their what's the on time right? So I mean, yeah. well, I mean, I think we were talking uh, after January, the, uh, right? The bubble. We were talking January one, maybe a, yeah. a New Year's Day start or something like that. Well, that doesn't look like it's happening. Now I'm, we're going to take a break here in a minute, but I want to take. Uh, just one more time to uh, to give you some things to think about for what's happening in NCAA hockey. Um, ASU was adopted, if you will, by the Big Ten uh, for this season, and it came with two things. It came the first one, uh, ASU would have to play all 28 games on the road at Big Ten schools. Uh, the other thing that came with it, though, was by committing to do that, uh, they would get all the Big Ten teams coming to Arizona to play Arizona State in their building after COVID. So next season, the season after, whatever, they had all committed to come. So it was kind of a win-win for ASU. They were getting a chance to play and really good competition, but they were also getting some teams coming back. So so that's what they chose to do and the Big Ten chose to do. Um, the Ivy League, on the other hand, is the other extreme. They completely canceled their season. There will be no winter sports. There'll be no Ivy League teams participating. Uh, so that threw Hockey East and HC, uh, the Hockey um, EA, ECAC into uh, a problem. Um, then LIU scheduled to play Army in a non-conference game last weekend. That was canceled because of a, a COVID outbreak at the, at the uh, Army Academy over the West Point. Um, so then you look back at NCHC, who thought and still thinks they have the best solution to this. They're going to start the season, play uh, three weeks in Omaha, uh, two to three games a week, taking Mondays off, and they're going to bring all their teams right there. Sounded great. Still sounds great. Until the other night, last night, as a matter of fact, uh, I get a press release at about 545. It's from Colorado College saying, like, okay, Colorado College is now um, suspending all – on and off ice activities for their hockey team for 14 days because guess what? They had a player test positive. So if you do the math, Stephen, 14 days between now and the 1st of December is about all you got. So if And they're scheduled to play October 1 or 2. I can't remember which day for sure. Uh, so how's Colorado College going to prepare? Um, 
And now what if you get within a week of it and a kid from North Dakota comes down uh, with COVID or a kid from Western Michigan or, or any of the schools of Minnesota Duluth, St. Cloud State, it's good on the list. Uh, now you've got more problems, right? Because they've got a TV deal worked out with Midco and uh, the NCHC.TV uh, to put these games on. And now you're talking about what happens if somebody gets sick before the bubble, right? Right, and and with with hockey, I, they don't have. I don't mean I don't. They don't have like a whole lot of extra players, and then, you know they're all right around each other. So yeah, if one person gets it, it's likelihood of others, you know, that have to quarantine for certainly cl- close contacts. I mean, it's, it's it makes it tough for them to to be able to put a team out there, and so you have to postpone these games. So yeah, it's 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 a real interest. I mean, it's it's real interesting time. I, I it's it's something that it's uh it's chaotic for sure and who knows what's what's gonna happen i saw i i saw that about the ivy league and yeah i mean you're more adverse in ncaa hockey than i am i but uh, but yeah it's it's really uh really throws things in for a loop and <laughs> well let me throw you another loop okay uh, rit on i believe it was friday or saturday uh decided to cancel their hockey season okay um so they just pulled out and said, yeah, we're, we're not going to play. Uh, three days later, yesterday, they said, oh, we're going to reinstate and we're going to play. <laughs> so, so that's how it's going. Uh, can you imagine being a, a, an up-and-coming NCAA hockey player with a bright future, maybe in the NHL or whatever, and, and you're 17, 18, 20 years old, somewhere in that range, and, uh, and you're, you're, one day you have a season, one day you don't. One day you have, one day you don't. I mean, emotionally, you got to be going crazy, don't you? Absolutely. That's you know, there's a lot of aspects to this. We we know how we know that the seriousness of the the pandemic, even if, if there's some that won't acknowledge that we've we've, we've passed a, a pretty horrible milestone with with the deaths. I'm not going to mention the number, but others can do can look that up. And we talked last week about mental health with with certainly youth hockey, but that certainly applies to to all levels and and it's these for these college athletes for sure i mean the professional athletes you know that's it's tough for them too because they know there's a certain window for them but for the for the college athletes it's really tough because you're you've only this window is really small and you know i think about i think about the and the different drafts you know we had the nhl draft of course we had major league baseball draft and you know nba draft going on right now but the baseball draft which was earlier this year they normally would be a lot of rounds, but because of the COVID and they only had a certain amount of space, you know, they only did less rounds. And so less players got drafted. And then the whole minor league system in baseball got all messed up because, you know, there wasn't a minor league baseball season. A lot of teams now are going to consolidate their programs. And so there's less, even less opportunities for athletes at those levels to really showcase themselves that they want to try to make it with the big club when they get drafted from a college team or whatever. Same, same kind of situation here. Just you, you think you're going to play, and you're not going to play. And you're trying to – it's got to be tough because you've got to try to stay sharp. You've got to try to stay loose. You've got to try to stay mentally aware of what's going on. And, yeah, you think you're going to play a game. You're all ready to prepare a game, and then find out a day or so before you're not going <laughs> to play. Then you yeah. find out if you're one of those teams that say we aren't going to play, okay, then you think, okay, well, gosh, we're not going to have a season. And then you, you start – and then – 
And then you change, mind change is like, oh, okay, now we are going to have a season. Now we got to start getting back into the mode. And that, that has to be a, a, a tough thing that I think we don't think about enough. But uh, <laughs> well, let, me, just, let me throw two more things and then we'll take a break and we'll come back and, and talk more club hockey. But the two things uh, that I want to bring up about last night on last night's show, we had uh, Julie Robenheimer. Uh, from Elite Prospects on with us, and she did a really good breakdown of uh, the upcoming World Juniors, which is by far and away the biggest junior event um, on the calendar, right, because everybody plays. And, and she brought up a point about 17-year-old Owen Power, who is scheduled to be possibly the number one overall pick. He's like 6'7", uh, 205 pounds or something like that at 17 years old, plays for Michigan. I watched him in, uh, on TV last weekend and he was just a man among boys and he's only a kid he's 17 uh, well he's got to make a decision now about going to play for for team canada i believe um or or not and, and they're having a big discussion about this because the european uh, countries have been playing games and practicing but team canada and team usa generally come together after you know over the holidays so but their kids haven't been playing games because of COVID in the States or even Canada. So it, it's going to be a big issue uh, for the world juniors. And then uh, for ACHA kids, the number one thing that they want to do, and we've had some players from ASU do this and U of A and, and other schools, but you get the opportunity to play in the world university games. Well, guess what? World university games are canceled. So now they're gone. Or, or postponed, but they're not going to happen this year. I doubt very seriously because that's a big event Well, as well, and uh, you just can't do it. So, man, there's just so many uh, tentacles reaching out in every direction that I don't know how – I just don't know how you get through it. I really don't. We're going to find out, I guess, but, man, oh, man, if, if you see my, uh, my whiteboard of planning, uh, I don't know where to turn either because I don't know – where to go or, you know, I mean, you don't want to buy a plane ticket to go somewhere and find out that the game when you get there is canceled. Now you're out the money for that. Or, I mean, you, you just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's, it's, uh, it's real, it's a real interesting uh, time for sure. I, yeah. I mean, you're trying to plan, you know, you're, you're wanting to go cover some of the NCAA teams uh, that we cover or that, you know, and, and go to visit some of those games uh, throughout the fall here and, and you just don't know if a game is going to happen. Or you might say, okay, well, I'm going to make plans to go out this weekend to, to see ASU play or, you know, a Michigan State or something. Let's just use that as an example. Then you get there, and the day before you find out the games have been postponed, and then you're like, oh, well, what am I going to do now? I've just made this effort to come out here, and now, and now the games are happening. But, you know, everybody's having to kind of deal with that. It's just, you know, I just look at it and say, you know, what does – wait and see the games. But yeah, if you're trying to plan, plan out things and it's, it makes it very, very difficult. I would have loved to see a picture of your whiteboard right now with all the, all <laughs> no, this you wouldn't. Uh, no, scribbling. You and, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and, and that's just a half of it, Stephen, you know, you know, the behind the scenes stuff, but this week I called it black Monday because things have happened that uh, I can't believe uh, could possibly happen in a two day period. But uh, thanks to Verizon, we are up and running again with our phones and everything is, okay. is back. To, so we're happy to have them on board. We're happy to be back on, on track with them. Um, but, you know, I mean, 
it's just been crazy. I, I joked with Paul Hornstein last night, my, my co-host on Tuesday night. I said uh, it was kind of like a circus show. I said I was like that poodle that jumps through the hoops, only I kept jumping through hoop after hoop after hoop. Uh, and he said, they have poodles in the circus? <laughs> and I said, <laughs> I said, Paul, you missed the whole point of what I was saying. <laughs> well, anyway. there's, always a say- there's always a saying, too, before you go to the break, there's always a saying that, when it rains, it pours. Although we're not, we don't know what rain looks like out here. But but when it rains, sometimes it pours. You know, it starts out as something, and then just everything just seems to to trickle down. And that's how kind of this year has gone. It's just you know, it started with one thing, and it's really accelerated. And it looked like things were the rain subsided, and we were maybe starting to see some silver lining. And then another downpour came, and all this stuff has happened. But uh, there is there is a rainbow at the end of this. I hope, and it looks like there there will be with with vaccines on the forefront, and hopefully we can get a good plan game plan to get, get those start going out and, and people can continue to be responsible and, and we can, we can see some things, but yeah, it's, it's, it's uh it's an interesting time, but uh, let's uh, we got to all try to navigate through it together. That's, that's the main thing. We got to try to navigate through it together. We can't have differing uh, views and pug, Boy, pulling you, a, tug of, just, a tug of war, a tug of war on sides. Cause if that, you, that just, you just capsulized the whole first half of the show, Stephen, because that's exactly what we were talking about is teams playing right now, teams waiting, teams worried about COVID, some teams it appears not that worried about COVID. Um, so right now I think we need to start pulling in the right direction. Let's take a break. Let's come back and talk about pulling in the right direction because uh, our schools down here have been very creative, and, and you and I are going to talk about uh, what UNLV has been doing, what U of A has been doing, what ASU has been doing talk about the ASU women who right now are having a fundraiser uh, at Chipotle in uh, in Tempe where they're uh, you're able to get down there I think till nine o'clock tonight and uh, and buy some food and a portion of the proceeds goes to their program so a uh, quick shout out to uh, to Lindsay Ellis and the girls over at ASU on that one and uh, let's take that break let's come back and uh, and discuss fair enough let's do it I have a car whose lease is up soon, and I'll be looking around for the best deal that I can get. I have certain parameters that I'm looking for in the next vehicle. For example, I want a car that qualifies for New York State HOV sticker. But being on Long Island won't stop me from taking advice from hockey great Shane Doan, and I'll be checking out Bell Ford and BellFord.com. Bell Ford, the presenting partner of our new season of the Sunday special at IcetimeHockeySW.com, was voted the number one Ford dealer in Arizona. So go, shop where Shane Doan shops. Talk to Kevin Wood. Let him know that IcetimeHockeySW.com sent you and let him give you the all-star treatment online or at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix. Pre-game like a pro, post-game like a champion at College Barn Grill. Located in downtown Tempe at 740 South Mill Avenue, College Barn Grill is the place for the best local craft beers, tasty food, and Tempe's best atmosphere for Arizona State athletics. A short walk from Sun Devil Stadium or Desert Financial Arena, stop by for lunch or dinner, game day or any day, College Barn Grill. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game and style with summer skates. 
officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Bill Kessel your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. Behind the Mask Hockey Shop, celebrating 25 years of exceptional service to the Arizona hockey community. Offering the top brands and an educated staff of hockey players to help you choose the right gear for you. Visit any one of our three Valley locations or check us out online at BehindTheMask.com. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the Fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No, stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that Fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. Hey, Michael here from M-Drive. My dad, a world-class scientist, actually made M-Drive for himself to stay active and continue enjoying life. And yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. M-Drive is the everyday supplement to fuel your drive with more energy and more strength. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive too. Visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just type in the code DRIVE at checkout. We find your prime with M-Drive. All right, we're back. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by Maryville University and Maryville University Hockey Saints. Uh, Scott Strandy here in Scottsdale, Arizona. Stephen Marsh still with me up in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. And Stephen, I had a great time up there last week. I got a couple of Sunday specials done, then had some real technical issues. So uh, they're going to be held and and put up this Sunday, but I promise you they're going to be well worth it. We opened up uh, Lifeguard Arena. Uh, We had some great interviews up there. We went over and visited um, Off Ice Athletics LV, the the training center at City National uh, for all your off-ice uh, training uh, right in within City National Arena. So good stuff coming your way. How are you? Doing doing well. Still doing well, in, yeah. Are you still hanging in there? I put you on a long break. That's why I just want to see if you're still awake. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm I'm still awake. I, I, I was looking forward to, to seeing those uh, Sunday specials. Obviously, I helped you out a lot with the, the Henderson one, and, and I was your photographer for, for that, videographer for, for that, and Looking forward to see how my uh, video skills turned out on on the editing side, but go ahead. No, I said they came out pretty well. Like I said, the problem with it is, is we weren't able to upload it due to some 
technical issues with our internet service, um, which is a whole nother story. But uh, so they're, they're done. They're just waiting to be uploaded to YouTube. And that, that unfortunately is a process because high caliber video takes a little while to upload. Um, and you wouldn't want to upload them on a Wednesday or a Thursday if you're calling them Sunday specials. You want to upload exactly. them on Sunday. So. Exactly. Yep. So, so we'll, we'll just, just wait look. till then. I do want to throw one other thing out there, Stephen, before we get into our next topic. But uh, Friday night at uh, AC Ice Arcadia, they're going to remember the life of, uh, of Jim Rogers, the uh, the owner that, that passed away uh, very unexpectedly a little over a month ago now. And they're going to have a skate at AC Ice Arcadia. They're asking, in, in lieu of flowers and things like that, you bring a hockey stick, which is really cool. They're going to give hockey sticks to, uh, to youngsters that, uh, that can't afford them. Uh, as part of the the night for uh, for Jim Rogers, so that's coming up at Easy Ice Arcadia. I believe it starts around six, if I'm not mistaken. I got to double check that, but uh, it's at Easy Ice Arcadia. You can find it on their website for certain. The other thing I want to throw out there is we are putting together our arena directory, so uh, you'll be able to go to the website, go to the arena directory tab, and, and find uh, not only the website but the phone number and the address. I know a lot of people. Um, have asked me about where where is this located? Where is that located? Especially if you haven't been there before. So this is a great way to check it out and, and check out the things that are going on in in those uh, rinks as well around the uh, Southwest. Okay, yeah, that's it's quite a few quite a few rinks too. If you think about between oh. Utah and Colorado and Nevada now and Arizona, it's it's quite a bit bit there. Yeah, you so. don't you don't think of it until you start counting them all out, <laughs> putting them all yeah. up, and contacting them and all well, that stuff, but. We're working gotta, on it, so you got to keep, we'll uh, you got to keep, you got to keep Mr. Bondurant uh, busy there. Why, <laughs> Mr. Uh, yeah, does a great job with, great job with the website, and uh, so, so people need to go to the website too. There's uh, some other great stuff there that we've done in the last few months here during these COVID times. I think that's one thing we can look at. You know, when when we do uh, a season, when we season's going on, you know, so many games and going on, there's the busyness of a season. Sometimes it's it's tough to, to get in, in depth, and, and certainly that's still the case, but we're kind of able to kind of pull the curtain back and really dig into some, some stuff and, and have some great features and some great things as we focus on not so much what's happening on the ice because not a lot on the ice, but maybe more of the behind-the-scenes hockey stuff. And, and I think that we're doing a great job with those video things and other things, and hopefully we can get some, some written, more written content going up soon, hopefully, as, as things start to pick up again. But, yeah, just uh, – Go to the website. There's always some, some good stuff on there, and, uh, and check that out. Well, the out. big thing you'll want to see when things get rolling is uh, Zach Bondurant's photos because he does a fantastic mm, job of, absolutely. of doing photos. So, uh, And yeah. that leads me in. It transitions me right into what's been going on. There's a, there's, and we're going to start at UNLV because you had a chance to get out uh, Friday night. I wish I could have stayed longer, but my goodness, I was there a week anyway. <laughs> so, but uh, you were able to get out and see a little bit of the three-on-three tournament and, and send me a couple of photos and a little video. So um, tell us what you saw in person. First of all, were there fans there? And uh, and how was the hockey? To answer your first question, yes, there were a few. Uh, people could come. Uh, I think there was a limit, obviously, of how many people could could come, but uh, people could show up, and if they just donated some money to to the hockey uh, to hockey in Southern Nevada, uh, I think well, mainly for the UNLV team, but maybe not just exclusive to them, then they could come in and watch. Uh, it was it was a small turnout, as you would imagine. It 
and it was kind of a few days after Sisolak kind of encouraged people to stay at home as much as possible. So maybe people were heeding that or people just, you know, don't want to really go out much right now, which is understandable, but uh, it was also streamed online. So people could, could watch it. And it gave Dana Lane, who does the UNLV games through the season, a chance to get his vocal cords going and be on the air. Warm him up a little bit, right? Warm a little bit. So he's not, (laughs) so he's not rusty. Just like the players hopefully aren't going to be rusty. That's the key thing I'm getting at is, is, is getting some reps in and some, and some work in and and uh it gives everybody a chance to to do it a non-informal kind of skate it's a three-on-three little thing that they're doing they've got four teams uh three-on-three scrimmages they have different sponsors uh sponsoring each of the team it's it's mixed mainly of a bunch of the unlv players but there's some also non-unlv players there's a couple i think maybe a former unlv player on on one of the teams and there's some i think uh some pro players that are in the lower of the pro levels, like the ECHL, I think, or that are on one, a couple of teams. So it's it's a little bit of a mixture of all that. And they're playing two games each each session. They played two Halloween night, they, or Halloween day, and then they did two last Friday night. And then this Friday night is going to be two, two more little games. And then they're going to have a little playoff, I guess, so to speak, at the – not the week – following but i think the first week in december and they'll crown a little champion i guess it's called they're calling it the vegas three versus three elite uh but the hockey was was pretty good the first game was was pretty competitive for the most part and the second game got a little got a little out of hand i I always enjoy the three on three because there's a lot of open ice there's a lot of space to kind of work things and get to practice things and the goaltending was strong i think one thing you know, UNLV was trying to get stronger on is the goaltending, and and they've got some good good goaltending. I think D- David Anderson was in for one of the teams. Uh, got Vince uh, Benedetto, who was the second star of the the skate on last week for uh, Team Jing, and he had a, a pretty strong performance. Um, Max Johnson had a pretty strong performance. He's one of the the newer pickups uh, commits for UNLV uh, for this upcoming season, and he had a couple of goals in in, in their game. Uh, the little skate, so it's it was good. It was good to get out to see some hockey, uh, to see it in person, even if it's just limited like this. And and that they're able to do something like this is is good for them because, as we said, we don't know when the season's going to start and and you know what what they can or cannot do. Um, you know, I talked to to Nick Raboni a little bit uh, at that evening, and you know they're just kind of trying to figure out how to what they can do and what they can't do and what how much time they can be out on the ice and, and what they, what they're limited to. So um, this is one thing that they, they're able to put together a little something like this. And, and so far they've been able to do all their planned skates to this point. They're also working on behind the scenes. They've been working on a team store, which they just launched and, and they've got that going and they've been really promoting that. They had a photo shoot with some of the players wearing some of the merchandise and, and then they uh, launched the store in November, so they've been pushing that as well. So that's a little off the ice thing that they're they're pushing too, and, and from the UNLV's perspective. So, um, yeah, I think UNLV's trying to make the best of the situation, and I think they are, are are doing the best that they can under these circumstances. And it was great, great, ho- great hockey. It was it was it was enjoyable, and I think those that were in attendance uh, were, were pleased just to be able to watch some sort of live sporting event in some capacity. Okay, so that was kind of a, a follow-up to what ASU started in the uh, 
uh, Oceanside Ice Arena started an elite college hockey league uh, to play. They've been playing a little bit longer than UNLV, but they're winding down. I think they have a tournament maybe this weekend coming up with the, the, the championship being determined. But um, you mentioned it. Three-on-three three is fun hockey to watch because I think the word that comes to mind when I think three-on-three three hockey is creativity because you get all that open space and you watch guys create plays, right? Um, they go to open areas on the ice. They look for teammates. They look for tip-ins. Um, they have to get back on defense. If they, uh, if they get too deep, the other team could turn it around in a hurry. Um, and then the other thing is you see an awful lot of goals. I mean, you, you feel sorry for the goaltenders because um, three-on-three is just way too much open ice, and the shots uh, get, get way too, uh, too high quality, if you will. But uh, So that's what ASU has been doing here has been – uh, having all of their um, their club hockey players, uh, for the most part anyway, uh, picking teams and, and playing in that league uh, while they're waiting to see when their uh, season will officially start, which we know now is January, I guess, um, fingers crossed. Uh, and then when you skip down the, uh, the Interstate 10, about 120 miles, you get to uh, Tucson, uh, completely different environment there. Coach Chad Berman doesn't have any ice. Uh, he's got his guys working out in open uh, soccer and rugby fields, uh, doing everything from from outside badminton <laughs> tournaments to to uh, competitions on the ice. They did some mountain climbing the other day. So everybody's kind of finding a, a way, right? Uh, I don't want to forget about Grand Canyon because they, they knew right away that their season was going to be pushed to the spring and uh, they weren't going to be able to do any team activities. So... Um, not really sure what Danny Roy's been going on there, but I know he's creative enough to uh, to figure out something, and I'm sure his players maybe are on their own uh, skating at different places and they may be playing pickup games at, at AZ Ice Arcadia or wherever it may be. But that's the point that I wanted to get into, Stephen, is everybody just kind of picked the spot and jumped into it, didn't they? Yep, they did, and... Uh, I feel bad for for you of a little bit because they seem like they're in a little bit of a of a tough situation with uh, not having really any ice available. As we always talk about, that's always kind of a struggle throughout the season. Anyway, when when things are going well, they have to kind of balance with the the convention center down there in Tucson and, and getting ice time, and and they don't have their own really their own facility other than that to to practice on uh, without having to maybe go an hour or so up up into Arizona more, but. Uh, and of course, with COVID and everything, there's a lot of these places are are not operating right now, and and that's got to be tough. So they have to, if 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 they wanted to play badminton this upcoming season, then they might they might be they might do pretty good because they're certainly getting in some good good badminton. But but uh, hockey's what they want to do, and and hopefully those kind of skills can translate to the hockey rink uh, at some point at least the teamwork kind of thing. I think that's the main thing is you can work on these team team activities and just be together as a team and, and, and just be together. And just, I think that in itself helps instead of just not being able to, to do anything as a, as a team, if they can at least get together and do these workouts and they can at least be okay, together so, then that helps. That helps. So 13 minutes or so left in the show. We've come all the way back around full circle again to where we started this thing. And uh, I hate being a negative Nelly, but I, I just don't think the fairness is there. And I think the ACHA should have tried to step in a little bit and told their teams, 
Um, you know, if if some of you aren't going to start, and a majority of the teams have not started playing, it's a minority uh, that have, and, and they should not have been allowed to start. They should have been forced to play, um, you know, pickup games, three on three, whatever. Uh, and that's my whole point tonight is that I'm looking at fairness on this, and and I think I got that feeling from uh, yesterday's press conference with Coach Powers because he was going like. You know, I, I'm never going to complain or or um, look at sour grapes or anything like that because I'm I, I'm an optimist and and I look at the glass half full all the time. But you know, he was explaining to you, the media what exactly happened in an eight-one route at Michigan, and the first thing he said was, "We ran into the best team I've seen in five years of uh, being a part of the NCAA." That's what he called them, the best team that he'd ever faced. Uh, in Michigan. So he gave credit right up front. But then he also said, do you know how difficult it is to start your season when you fly in, you come in late? So again, I'm getting back to the fairness point of things. And, uh, you know, I I gave a lot of kudos for the last, what, six, seven months about how great hockey was. And and this is something that's kind of stuck in my craw lately that the fairness of this, you know, forget about and I guess I keep going back to ASU because do you know how difficult it is to play 28 games on the road against the caliber of play uh, in the Big Ten with, with the likes yeah. of Michigan, Notre Dame, Minnesota, Wisconsin? I mean, there are not yes. any off nights, right? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's going to have... be. It's yeah, it's going to be a pretty. Uh, it's going to be a pretty. Uh, I don't want to say it's going to be a rough season for him, but it's certainly going to be a very. Uh, a very trying season for them. Challenging <laughs> for sure, yeah. Okay, so so I wanted to steer it all the way back to that. I also want to give a shout-out, like I said, to the uh, ASU women that are doing their fundraiser. They've been playing uh, or practicing during the mornings in their normal time slot, and, and that's been streamed too. So kudos to everybody that's getting a stream out there, UNLV included, and uh, ASU and, and the people that are playing to, uh, to let their fans know that things are still going on. But um, – like I said, getting all the way around to the fairness thing again, that that really uh, is starting to bug me just a little bit. And I think if COVID gets much worse and uh, and teams aren't able to start right in January, now it's going to be really frustrating. <laughs> and you look at you look at the COVID map, and there's probably not many states that have a higher positivity rate than the state of North Dakota right now, or Iowa, or South Dakota or any of the places that are playing games, and you look at it and you go like, why are you guys allowed to take that kind of risk just because you live in a quote-unquote state um, that's not the state like of Arizona or Nevada or whatever where they're taking it just a little bit more seriously? Well, and the population of, of those states isn't quite as high as, as the other uh, areas. But what the, the danger of that is is now – their numbers are high, and you look at those numbers, and their cases, and their new, you know, is pretty low. I mean, we're Nevada's now averaging well over a thousand new cases a day. There, their their spike is what five hundred, six hundred. But in a relatively aspect, their hospitals aren't as many spaces as hospitals that would be in these bigger cities. So for them, what they're going through, their their hospitals now are starting to get overwhelmed in the situation than they are, and and it just. You just wonder, yeah. You just wonder why some can can play and others others can't. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And, and you look at all these numbers, and, and like you say, numbers are numbers. But uh, just a few days ago, we hit uh, the high number for a day of new cases at 3,400 and some here in Arizona. Well, you look in Minnesota right now, they've been over 7,000 cases per day. Uh, you know, I mean, that's uh, that's twice as many. Uh, it, it's just it's just crazy. And I, I don't know what to say about it. Um, I'm going to steer back again to uh, to NCAA hockey and and what they're trying to do and, and trying to make the best of it. But, uh, you know, and again, Coach Power said in his press conference that, you know, they can go to the rink. They can they can get dressed in the locker room and get out there and skate and have their practice come back, shower up, get into their street clothes, uh, come back to the hotel. But And once they get to the hotel, they can't gather. So they can't have team meetings uh, other than Zoom or whatever. And I'm going like, figure this one out. If you can have that, that team in the locker room and on the ice together, right, and that same group gets on a bus and goes right back to the hotel, what changed? You know what I mean? Why, why can't they gather in the hotel if it's the same group that's been together the entire time? I don't. Yeah, that's a good question. I'm not not sure how to answer that. It's uh, yeah, I'm not sure. So, so my point being is, uh, there's just so many variables, and that's how we started the show. That's how we're going to end the show. Is uh, the variations and variables out there are just um, too many to count, too many to figure out. Um, we think there's going to be a national tournament. We're pretty sure that when it is played, uh, if it's played, it's going to be. Uh, broken down as we've talked about in the last couple of shows anyway about uh, it'll be certain uh, groups like the D1 schools the 20 of them will gather in one place and then the D2 schools will gather and the D1 and the D3 uh, our D1 women and the D2 women and the D3 uh, men will all gather in different places so that they don't have that one lump sum of, of people but Oh, man, like you say, the planning has just got to be a nightmare for so many people. Yep, I don't, I don't envy them at all because it's a tough, it's a tough position to be in right now, and I, I'm sure they'll come up with something and, and make the best, the best of it, and and I think people just have to realize that something is going to end up being better than nothing. We saw, of course, last year the or you know back in March when the national tournament was had to be canceled, uh, but now they've had time to, to prepare and to kind of think about how they want to go forward, and, and, and they don't want to see that happen again uh, because that is a big uh, revenue source for the uh, ACHA, and you just hope that by the time we get to April, you know, they're talking about maybe the vaccine starting to be available around that time, that maybe that we can start seeing, we can start seeing some sort of normalcy again and, and be able to have more people be able to attend sporting events and it'd be safer and, and everything will just kind of be ready to go. So let's just hope. Well, let, let, let me tell you this. I appreciate your, your positive vibes uh, with the vaccine and it certainly is encouraging, but, uh, and again, I'm not trying to be the negative Nelly here. I'm just trying to be a realist. Um, when COVID broke out uh, here in Arizona, at least you still can't, uh, well, you can't, I'm not going to say you can't, it's difficult to find a COVID test. Um, and that was supposed to be the first thing that happened, right? Everybody was supposed yeah. to get rapid testing and, and all of these different things. So um, let's just say. Yeah, they showed, and they showed these lines and they showed these lines in other places of people waiting in hours <laughs> right. to get a COVID test. 
So yeah, Los Angeles, true. right? Right, you saw the Los Angeles Dodger Stadium. Okay, yeah, absolutely. so 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 let's play this out. Let's say that this vaccine does get approval uh, very soon. A uh, couple things we know about it is number well, the three things that I think I keep looking back at, and, and this could affect when hockey players and hockey fans are able to get it. Number one is it's got to be stored at a relatively low temperature. I understand Moderna is a better, uh, not quite as cold, but they got to be kept at a very cold temperature, which puts um, pressure on the people that are distributing it. Number two is you got to have the doses and you got to logistically have it set up to give them the doses, but then you got to have a full schedule uh, set up to get that second dose uh, 28 days later, whatever it is. So there's two major obstacles. Uh, the third obstacle comes in is like you're going to have to go down the list of who you're going to give it to. Who's going to get it first? Okay, first responders, they deserve it. Healthcare workers, they deserve it. Uh, the, the elderly population, they should have it. Uh, then you're going to get groups of people that are um, most vulnerable or have uh, pre-existing type conditions. They've got to get it. So realistically, I don't think you're going to get to the, the student athletes until – Goodness gracious, it might be May, June, something like that. So um, I, I just don't think that that's going to be any effectiveness for this coming spring. I think it's going to be effective for the start of the 2021-22 season. Well, you talk about that. You wonder, though, and people have this, this, have this issue uh, earlier in the year when we were talking about testing being so short. They were talking about these sports starting up and that they were – they were going to do all this testing on these athletes daily and all that, and they're and they're saying, well, and this was still at a time when a lot of people couldn't get a test. They couldn't. They were frustrated that these athletes and these sports are are now going to be set up to get get tested because they want to get the sports going, but yet people are still struggling to to get a test. So you wonder when the vaccine becomes available. Um, and then I mean, I'll talk about it now. And and will will athletes will they find a way for make priority for for sports athletes to get it? Uh, knowing that sports is such a high driver of revenue in a lot of places. And so will they prioritize sports athletes over everybody else? I, okay. I, I don't know. I know we just got a couple minutes left, but I want to throw this out quickly because you brought that up. That's a great point. Um, I don't know it's the athletes that are the problem. I And when I say problem, I don't mean that in the terms that you would say negative. Right. Because I, I think they're pretty well um, able to handle the covid uh, virus more than more than other people but the revenue for these sports comes from fans right yeah so and, and i think that's what the nhl has been waiting on we know that's what acha is uh you need fans that can spend money so not only do you need fans in the seats but they have to have jobs to be able to put money towards things like sporting events so there's so many layers to this Stephen. it just goes on and on and on um hmm. And like I said, I, I wanted to start this show tonight, and I wanted to wrap it up on the same note, and, and that's the fairness part of it. Uh, our company, our company, our country is very, very divided, as you know, um, politically, uh, economically, um, probably more than it's ever been in the existence of the United States of America. And I think I was so proud of hockey, the way they encompassed everything. But now here we are, eight months, nine months into the pandemic, and you're starting to see um, – Cracks in the armor, if you will. You're seeing the NHLPA unhappy with the NHL uh, and what's going on. You're seeing the different leagues and teams splitting in the NCAA and some playing, some not playing. 
And, uh, you know, somebody asked me the other day about Ivy League teams, and, and the answer to that is the Ivy League teams don't need sports. <laughs> they, they, they have their universities, uh, and their sports teams are a big part of it, and they, they want them to play. But if they don't play, it's not going to be the end of the university, where some places, smaller universities especially, uh, their, their athletic programs bring a lot of money in, and, uh, and they need them. They need them to be there, and they need the fans and the uh, advertisers, and sponsors. So, uh, anyway, I just I want to throw that out there as a as a fairness thing. I think uh, we need to try to hold it together and uh, and bring things together. And I think, especially over the holidays, it's going to be a very tough time for everybody with COVID uh, numbers spiking, and and you just need to 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 put it together and hold it together. Well, okay. I, I I yeah, that sounds good. I'll just add this little aside to it, is that. I know that you know you and I love sports. We love hockey. Obviously, we talked that on this show. But just we're sports fans in general, and and we know a lot of people people are they enjoy their sports. Um, but I think there's there's some that kind of give a hard time, especially when we go through this and they say, you know, talking about baseball, all this money that they're gonna they they probably lost this year, not having like the NHL, all this, and all these jobs that you know, all these people that jobs are affected, all these athletes that were fighting over money, you know, when we had baseball this summer and they were fighting over how much money they were going to get and all that. And people are struggling right now. There's so many people out of work and they're struggling to pay their bills and they don't know where they're going to get their money from. There's obviously we talked about the divisiveness in government with whether they can get relief from, from, from the federal government going forward. And, and we're talking about sports and how they want to come back. But what about other business? What about restaurants and other things like that? So as much as we love sports, I, I, we have to kind of acknowledge that there are bigger things than sports. And we, we want to have sports, but we also want to be able to have a, a pathway to have be able to have restaurants stay open, be able to have people to still be able to work and do it safely. And same with other industries that are struggling. I mean, Vegas in Nevada really hit hard, and it's still hit hard, and there's could be hit hard again. We don't know what, what might happen here. So um, – yeah, it's just everyone is, as I said, everyone's got to be in this uh, together. Uh, but we, as much as we love sports, we can't think of saying, okay, well, sports is better than, than this. I mean, sports does bring in a lot of money to a lot of different states. So it, for Redmond, but yeah, we got to get fans in the stands. I, so I said that the big reason why the ACHA couldn't start on time, at least for a lot of these teams, is because, you know, they couldn't get fans in the, in the stands in a lot of places. And I think a lot of teams that have a good following, a good fan base, like here in Vegas or, or in Tucson, they get some good fans there. It's, uh, it's, it's tough to, to be able to do that if you can't have fans in the stands because a lot of their, their budget and their revenue relies on, on their tickets. Some schools, it may not be as big of a factor, but certain but other schools, it, it, certainly, it certainly is. These NCA programs, they, they get money from that too, and they obviously are hurting too, but they have – TV things, pro sports, they have TV contracts that can kind of keep them going. But um, I think yeah. there's got to keep that in perspective. We love sports and we want sports to be able to come back, but we, we, you know, we, we have people that are struggling in other industries and other right now that uh, are wondering when this is all going to, when things are going to recover for them too. So um, we'll, well said. wait and see. I do, I, I want to bring up, there's one uh, news note here. Uh, we're talking about Utah hockey's women's team. They just an, announced a, uh, their women's assistant coach, a uh, new assistant coach for them, uh, Amanda Parento. They, it, as we know, they got a new head coach recently, and they're trying to get their coaching staff together. So she nice. is uh, was announced, and you'll love this. She was born and raised in Egan, Minnesota. 
Oh, there we go. Another Minnesotan. Yep. So keep bringing them on, bringing them on. (laughs) She played a a majority of her youth and women's leagues and a few seasons with the boys' team. She uh, finished her youth career at Eastville High School in Apple Valley, Minnesota. Uh, Then she went to play at Division I ACHA Women's uh, University of Minnesota. Um, So she's got some good experience, but now she's in uh, Utah and she's going to try to help out new head coach uh, Braden Yale and the uh, women's. Utah team start up their season nice. whenever that may be, hopefully January. Nice nugget to throw out there. Now I get to throw two at you. Uh, this this is the anniversary in 2014 of the announcement of ASU becoming uh, not an ACHA program anymore, but an NCAA program. So that was uh, six years ago tonight. Uh, here's the ironic part, Stephen. Right now, going on in uh, Tempe is a vote by the Board of Regents to approve the final approval for the new arena. So six years to the day, uh, the two things happen. And my final thing is a, is a Vegas shout-out. Had a chance, as you know, last week to visit with uh, Derek Stevens over at the Circa Hotel uh, and Resort, a resort and casino, I should say. And, and I just love his line because his line is, we have a sports book so big we built a resort around it. <laughs> so, <laughs> if, if you haven't been to Circa and you get to Vegas, you got to get there because uh, – you know, everybody was masked up, and they tried to be as socially distant as possible. But, man, that sports book and the uh, the viewing area is absolutely incredible. So shout-out to Derek Stevens and, and the Circa, and thank you to them for coming on as our uh, professional hockey uh, presenting partner started this week. So, so that, uh, that's official, things. huh? That's official, isn't it? Well, as official as it gets right now. <laughs> oh, good. That's good. That'll be good. We'll encourage people to go there. Did 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 he did, did you finally get let into the pool? Did you get to check out the pool? I did not. I got there at night. Uh, Derek uh, met me uh, down by his his world famous uh, mega bar, and uh, we did not get to the pool. But I promise, next time I'm there, I will get there. Okay. I'll, All right, I'll my look friend. For, look forward to it. <laughs> and the Sunday special will be up on Sunday. Uh, Vegas uh, slanted. 100%, but uh, they deserve it. It was a lot of fun stuff, a lot of things to do. So we'll have that up Sunday, uh, God willing. And I'm going to let you take it away, and we'll finish up with a little De Niro from Roger Klein and the Peacemakers. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by Maryville University, is also brought to you by Verizon, the 5G and 5G Ultra brand for business that America has been waiting for. Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant, the presenting partner of the Sunday special. Tell our friend Kevin Wood, Ice Time Hockey SW sent you, and let him show you the Bell Ford difference online at bellford.com or check out the showroom at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, ultra smooth, Arizona owned. Go to mexicanmoonshine.com and try our original cocktail recipes. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard right here in Las Vegas where despite how long it takes you to eat your meal, there's so many delicious choices. It always seems like it takes you longer to decide what to eat than to actually eat it. By Summer Skates, fall, winter, doesn't matter. We still like to keep our drinks cold. Get your personalized koozies and shower shoes by going to icetimehockeysw.com partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Cold beers and cheeseburgers, beers, burgers, sports, 12 Valley locations, and two in California. Go to coldbeers.com for more information and for takeout specials. 
By OxyPow, visit our full line of natural cleaning products at oxypow.com. By M-Drive, the presenting partner of What Drives You, M-Drive in the morning, relax at night. Our two-step system for energy, stamina, recovery. By College Bar and Grill in Tempe, by ASU fans, for ASU fans. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app and also available for download at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Just ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the Maryville Saints hockey team, is part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Very well done. That was uh, an impressive list of uh, great partners we have and a well-done job on you, your part to uh, to get them all out there. So congratulations on that. Stay safe. Uh, it's not it's not good. Next year, next week, we'll join you the day before Thanksgiving. And I wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. So uh, if you take nothing more away from this show, folks, uh, take away fairness. Use that word as fairness to guide you in how you live your life for the next week and beyond. Uh, we'll say good night with Roger Klein, the Peacemakers. Good night, Stephen. Always a pleasure, Scott. We'll do it again next week. <laughs>